This is Hardcore Podcast. You just heard Ends of Sanity. The track, Eligible to Die. This is off of Dave Style, Dave's Records. This shit um, popped back out in the end of May. And I talked about them because they did the Madball Paint a True show in Reading. And they played in uh, North Carolina. James Elazio has been in a couple bands from Long Island to North Carolina. Does a ton of shit in Hardcore We've got this new band, and they'll be playing the 23 Keystone Hardcore Jam. Actually, it'll be 2023, so I should have said. And want to give some love to Ends of Sanity. So, check them out. I'll have the links. T-I-H-C Podcast. Before I go on and start talking about the Keystone Hardcore Jam, I want to knock out a couple things. Philly Hardcore related, because it's easier just to drop those things. Number one, it is crazy to think that CDC is celebrating, what is it, 20-something years? It's fucking crazy. Bob Wilson, once again, certified Bob Wilson joint. Nobody brings the suburbs more shit. I know there was a time when Chris Spear did a lot of shit, but over the last 20-odd years, Bob Wilson... Keeping the connect between the burbs and the city tight. Saturday, September 23rd. So, it's next this Saturday. CDC with special guests. Rock Bottom, Missing Links, Fool's Game. This is the Tawa Menson Volunteer Fire Company. It's so easy to get to. It says Harleysville. And, and that's like stretching it. It's like on the border of Harleysville, Lansdale. They did the Mark Stokey benefit years ago there, right off the Lansdale or Harleysville exit of the Pennsylvania Northeast Extension. 
20 years of crowd war and uh, check it out. It's going to be fucking awesome. Then we got Scow. I know they had, they played, uh, I want to play this they played last October, but they're back Thursday, September 28th, next week. And it is with Military Gun, MS Paint, and our boys Oscar and Vulture Raid. Show's actually getting closer to selling out, so you might want to get your tickets. This is at Underground Arts. Uh, say what you will, think what you'd like, but Scow will be back in Philadelphia. I look forward to seeing them. And then we have a slew of shows. I like the word slew, actually. Um, Young Stucky, keeping everybody up in the mix. Got back-to-back shows. Saturday, October 7th, when we're all at Cold as Life. Stucky is at home, doing his thing, without it. Sophisticated adult. We actually just played with them in New Hampshire. They were good guys. Lousy, Last Laugh, Expos. And Forklift. So, that's our first show. That's at the Media VFW. And then the following night, Choice to Make. Nasty Mate. Strength for a reason. Fucking Wilkes Bar's finest. Raw Life. Last Man Out. No Quarter Given. NJ Hardcore Takedown Records. And I think this says Seismic Toss. New band, Philadelphia, graffiti logo, and this is at the Bonx for those, and that's the Sunday. So, the weekend that we're all in Detroit, Stucky's holding it down, Bob Wilson's holding it down out in the Burbs. Actually, we got some Burb shows coming as well. Um, All at War has been promoting it. We got the new flyer coming up. All at War is celebrating. Possibly one of the greatest records in the 1990s. I, I hate when people say, Oh, it was one of the great metalcore bands because there's so much more than that. You're almost like belittling them, calling them all uh, metalcore. But uh, yeah, we got All Out War, Tombs, Funeral Leech, Strength for a Reason, and Simulacra. This is at the Phoenixville VFW Friday, October 13th, Friday the 13th. Flyer coming up. Be on the website tonight. Tickets are going to be available. Shit's going to be fucking awesome. Then Miss Bob Wilson once again has two sold out fucking shows. 27-28 at the church. Unbroken. Blacklisted, blacklisted, unbroken. Wild fucking time. Cannot fucking wait. And then, you know, this Philly hardcore show shit. Sometimes we have two shows in the night. (laughs) And that's what's happened sometimes. So, we got um, Harm's Way, who has not been in Philly in a long time. And they're coming through with our boys in um, Fleshwater and Ingrown and Jive Bomb. And they're adding the Virgos. This is the first Unitarian Church. So, you got three shows in a row. October 27, 28, 29 at the church. And then we got... Up the block at ben, in Ben Salem at the Broken Gauntlet. Um, Darkbuster from Boston. Noise, Seattle. Vulture Raid. Pete, Hard Turf. That's the same Sunday, October 29th. Lots going on. And um, I, know I, I know I'm announcing this out of order, but I, it, just, it just 
behooved me because I didn't have that list in front of me. Once again, the boys in the freight train are back on the tracks. We are now working with Broken Gauntlet. Jeremy from Jumpstart Records, He back in the day, he had the Fishtown little setup. He was at every the first six this hardcore. He helped us out a lot. He used to rent a van, so Shadow Run can go on the road. Well, he got really into the brewery thing, and he owns Broken Goblet. Now they're doing shows. Crowbar just played there. Life of Agony, Sick of It All played there. A lot of people have been coming through. We got Ringworm, Freight Train, and Conduit. Monday, October 16th at the Broken Goblin. Tickets are going to be up on the Philly Hardcore Shows and other cool shit. So we're going to start bringing some stuff to the gauntlet as well. And then another fucking absolutely, I think, one of the shows that kids are going to be thinking about and talking about for a long time, which we talked about last week, Pain of Truth, Life's Questions, Koyo, Vomit, Fourth, Adrian, Balmara, Nomad. This is November 4th at the Polish Club. Now... We get on to the big show. Saturday, December 16th. Holiday Jam plus Tattoo Jam. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Holiday Jam um, with, with tattoos or whatever. Keystone Hardcore and Tattoo Jam. Let's just go that way. Uh, H2O, Madball, E-Town, Crutch, Ill Bill, Fury of Five, Shattered Realm, Strength for a Reason, Agents of Man, No Turning Back, Europe Style. That's our boys. Combust, Fool's Game, Risk, D-Block, Ends of Sanity, who we played earlier today, and Raw Life, at Club Reverb. So, once again, Keystone Jam 2023. This shit is fucking popping. Cannot fucking wait. Chris Mahmood has owned Club Reverb for many years. And has been doing the East Coast Tsunamis. Still rated one of the top 100 independently owned venues in the country. The shows that this dude does is fucking fantastic. Our bro, Richie Crutch, Wisdom and Chains, never ran, never will. Records does Crucified Straight Edge with me and our boy Keith, Wisdom and Chains, and fucking Crutch. And me. We pull it together. The Trinity. We present to you once again. Keystone Holiday Jam. Steve Potashio was dancing with a Santa Claus costume 2019. And it took his life in 2020. And I never wanted to get through another holiday without having a place where people from hardcore could come and hang out and be a part of something that they love. Knowing how hard it was to go through being subjected to have to stay in our fucking houses away from our fucking friends for so fucking long. And we've done a fucking good job. We've had some amazing lineups. And once again, we brought you the best we could. And I hope that we get to see you all there. Our friend Lila is going to be doing some form of collections for a women's show. I don't have the all details, but I know we're going to have Lila collecting stuff. We're going to have... Troy Moore and his tattoo crew, Barletti, Mike Hooligan and the Hard Times tattoo crew. And everybody's going to have a great fucking time and see some fucking awesome bands. And I mean, you know, I, I could go down this. So we will talk about this all th- until December, obviously. But, you know, you got Crutch. That's a reunion. Ill Bill. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Ill Bill, but nonfiction. Ill Bill. It, it, that's a fucking cool uh, look, especially with E-Town playing. Fury of Five. And this is going to be fucking great. 
And overall, in general, I'm just happy to once again bring Keystone Jam out with my bros, Chris and Richie. And tickets are going to be live 12 p.m. today. So get your fucking tickets and we will see you at the Holiday Jam. So we got Philly shows. We got Burb shows. We're lucky to have what we have. And I think a lot of what I'm going to talk about next involves not just the luck, but just what, what we've been going on and doing. And uh, at first, the impetus to talk about some of this stuff was that um, sometimes I get the opportunity to dig deeper into the the DMs and the message requests. And um, a friend of mine, we talk occasionally, Shannon is actually from South America. I mean, or it's not South Africa, rather. And he was sending me these videos of bands from South Africa. And then this is what happens. You get people that listen to this music and, you know, they might not be the most agnostic front, bad brains, whatever you want to call it. Hardcore, but they understand through the internet and all the culture and bands like Baines come through. I didn't even see DC played South Africa. But this will tie into it. There's a lot of people in hardcore who aren't happy that their scene isn't like so-and-so and so-and-so. But a lot of it just comes down to what you make of it. What are you doing to make of it? What are you doing with your time to expand, to push, and to build up something? Now, it's easy for me to say this because of the fact that you know, Philadelphia, major city on the East Coast, lots of people very involved in, you know, whether you want to call it buying shows or booking shows. By the time that we rolled into hardcore, and before us, there was hardcore bands. I mean, go back to episode, it was 131 with Nancy. She talks all about Philly in the beginning, a hardcore here, and Chuck, and, you know, we never really got that have Cosmo on tape, but he was great. And um, Philadelphia is lucky that we had what we had back then and it's kind of carried on its own ways. But this hardcore scene's ebbed and flowed, you know? And it is people like Bob Wilson now and uh, who grew up in the suburbs going to other shows people were doing and now he's doing the shows. And that's kind of like a, a traditional pass-me-down kind of thing. And I think that when you think about how to do things, what to do with it. You know, we are spoiled. But if they can start doing some bands and having fun and making videos in South Africa, most of people in America have no excuse for not doing shit. And that's kind of where the big the big focus of this podcast is going to be on this week, and I'm going to open it up by reading this off to you. So this is from the DMs. Hey, your work with Hardcore and PA is amazing, and if you don't mind, I'd like to pick your brain part of a hardcore band in a smaller city in Iowa. It's kind of smack dab in the middle of Des Moines and Iowa City and Cedar Rapids. About an hour or more from each city, we're kind of isolated. We haven't had much luck from the venues in these cities, so we're going the DIY route, putting some basement shows. Do you have any ideas or recommendations of getting something even small started in a smaller, isolated city? It looks like the area is primed for hardcore, and every once in a while you see a band shirt. Do you have any ideas on how to get the word out more That's something here? I'd appreciate it, sir. And I mean, right off the bat, it's not like a, hey, you fucked up. But I mean, 
some people are lucky enough to live within an hour of any hardcore scene. The fact that you're in this centrifugal area between three separate places that people do go. I've played two out of three of them, Des Moines and Cedar Rapids, 20-something years ago. And um, I really do think, overall, if we're talking about hardcore and today's hardcore world, the way I would express myself or push things out there with this internet is totally different than the way things got started, or at least got started for us. Now, it's easier if I kind of like uh, deconstruct this for you. Before I was Joe Hardcore, I was a fucking long hair kid who would go to metal shows, but we were part of a group of people that were not like the, the hood neighborhood kids, but you know, still street kids getting into bullshit. We listen to heavy metal, drink 40s, whatever. But this other music and the different shit kind of tied us together and we started going down the South Street and that really, that, that really did connect us. And we thought we were special. And then you start going to high school and you find out there's older kids and they're doing shows at a church. Now, it would be impossible for me to try to build a bridge to say that these bands that we saw locally had anything to do with hardcore but by the nature of that, if you're from this small section, it's not a small, I mean, it's a section of Philadelphia. So it's a smaller group of people that are finding this music in the earlier part of the 90s. You're drawn from metal people. You're drawn from what was like popular on the, the, the radio, which was like a radio head and Pearl Jam and that shit. There was like a, 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 um, a cross-section of people that would come to these things just because... They didn't fit in hanging out in the corners, getting in trouble, so they were going to these shows. And I think if I had to put my finger on the what I'm getting at is that when we started out with what we did, and now we're talking about 30 years ago, there was tons of people doing music. It may not be the most hardcore thing you've ever seen. The dancing and the moshing was definitely, you know, for young kids. But it was something. It was a way to start, right? That's the point. Get the Get the ball rolling. So if you're in the middle of three things and you're trying to make your own thing happen, you want to get your own ball rolling. I mean, the first thing is, is you got to, you got to get a spot and you just got to do you. You don't have to have a band that sounds like Hatebreed. You don't need to have the, the coolest most hardcore thing going on. You need to get people coming there. These kind of folks, which means when you're booking this kind of stuff, you gotta. I guess. I guess before we get into, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll basically if you're going to make something that is not really in a in a populated area full of hardcore people, hardcore bands, you're going to have to recruit from the kind of people who are the outliers. The kind of people who may not know it yet, but they're going to be hip to this because you're going to be the one hipping them to that. And that takes a lot of different forms. Back in the day, I met a lot of my friends on Bridge and Pratt, the L station, because I was giving out flyers. See somebody I thought looked like they belonged, looked like they might know, well, they got a flyer. And I know today that's like a big... Uh, I don't want to punish this person or, uh, you know, the social anxiety of being a kid, blah. We got to get over that shit. 
And you're going to have to just accept that your specific hardcore scene for it to blossom and grow needs people in the room. So you got to find these, you got to find these weird kids, these kids that may not belong. And you got to put them in the room and you got to let them decide for themselves what they're going to do. It's easier when you have a really established hardcore scene. You know, you got a venue, you got a promoter, promoter knows bands, bands are there playing, bands knows a ton of people. I see what you guys got going on, and, and my suggestion is really that it's important if you think it's primed and ready, then you, you've already got fertile ground not far apart. And I know that Iowa's not the most populated state in the world, but Midwest has a lot of stuff going on. I mean, just in the last couple of years, the amount of like little fests that happen in towns that might have one or two big tours come through every once in a while, it, it is really starting to expand. And there's a lot of bands in the Midwest that would like to come and play a new spot, you know, see some new kids. But um, direction-wise, the, the, the thing to do is just try to find a hall church hall try to find somewhere you know room is good room is makes bands easier more comfortable basement shows are dope there's tons of bands who want basement shows and i think that well i know that we played in des moines in a basement and i always tell the same kind of funny thing that we we got it we found it through book your own fucking life us another band came through and then we were welcome they fed us some food Went down to the basement to play. It was cold as fuck. And the first band got up. Did their set. We're like, oh, that was dope. Real punkish style. Second band got on. It was the first band. They just switched guitars and stuff and started playing again. And it was basically they had three local bands that were all the same dudes. And they just switched instruments. And if that's what you guys need to do, that's what you guys need to do. But not putting the cart before the horse. Getting a, an actual haul helps. Because it'll entice someone who may or may not may not want to feel comfortable playing in a basement. Maybe they're a band that you want to see. And just by proxy, you heard, oh, yeah, well, they can't make this show. Or, hey, they're looking for something else. Or maybe Des Moines and then uh, they got other, like, you know, the club doesn't want to have the show that day. Here's your chance because it's in another town. Halls make it a little bit easier. Rec centers are possible. I would imagine, but I can't put my finger on it that Locally, there's going to be people that don't want it, but there'll also be locally, there'll be even churches who may be kind of cool with the idea of like being cool to the teens and let them use the venue. I know I've seen a lot of weird, (laughs) a lot of very nice, weird old people at Christian places all over this country who were just like hoping the teens wouldn't drink and and get into trouble. So let these crazy bands in. I know that I know the area you're in probably has. Some of that, and maybe you can convince them that this is a, a better thing for kids to be up to than getting in trouble and fucking in a cornfield or doing drugs or some stupid shit. But really, it does start with finding a spot. You know, the, the better chances of you guys being able to grow would be to find a room, but a basement's not bad. And then what you got to do is focus not just on your band. But focus on bringing people that you think 
might be into it in. And then you gotta you might have to lead from example, you know. You don't wanna be goofy and try to indoctrinate people into this is what's cool, this is what's not, and talk a bunch of shit and you know, raise these kids right. You know what I mean? Like really late like like really raise these fucking kids right. Don't pull them into the Twitter bullshit, the TikTok arguments, the Reddit nonsense. Just get them into a handful of bands and you gotta really just be cautious. I say be cautious because if you're doing shit at a house, you can lose the ability to do shows once you guys really get ripping and rolling. Ripping and rolling means Okay, you've had a couple shows. People are starting to come from out of another town's over. You have some out-of-town band interests. So you have to be mindful. It's not just a party. It's not a popularity contest. You're building up with the seeds in the ground what the future for your area is going to be. And once you're at that point, the internet made all of the things that we didn't know when we were 14, 15, 16, leading up to, you know, it was like complete night and day. Like in two hours, you have contacts with so many more people than we ever would because we had to write letters. So I would say step one, find a spot. Basement, not bad. Hall, plausible. Small clubs could be a pain in the ass, especially out there, and they may not understand the culture. And then, you know, maybe there's a skate park. Maybe you gotta maybe you gotta wait till the summertime and do an outside show outside of a basketball court or something. But you know, get creative. Make this shit cool. You know? And then if I were trying to bring young kids in, I would make cool flyers. Not cool flyers that look really good on Photoshop, but like, you know, to my preference, which is like old punk rock shit. You know? Maybe because you guys are from Iowa, do some fucking children and corn flyers or something scary. I don't know. That's my perspective on that. I think you're going to have to entice the kids that maybe don't know what hardcore is yet this year, but you're going to be the one that make sure they're in a hardcore band by next year. And then after that, you you already have so many tools in the books just, just by the fact you have Instagram and you can reach out to someone like me. means you can reach out to the world. I saw that band Roman Candle on the internet and we played their song on here they're touring with dying wish they got a manager now they're doing the whole gimmick and people know about them because someone saw this video of a bunch of weird kids from vegas just doing their thing and everyone's like oh that that thing isn't really exactly like like the most hard i got like to me i didn't see like ninja kicking but i saw like kids really in unison like vibing the fuck out, going off, but not like the uh, videos that everybody uh, runs to the internet to post when FYA and all the fests come out. It was more primal, more what I think is kind of missing now because kids come out of the box and they're ninja kicking and they talk about kickback and they don't know shit about hardcore, but they're doing ninja stick, ninja kicks. It's a little weird. It was cool to see that and now this band's out there and I think... If you have the right combination anywhere of some bands, or maybe you have just six people and they've got to do three fucking bands, so your area has three bands. If you have a telephone, you have a camera, and you have a recording studio right in your fucking hand, and the rest gets a lot easier. But to build up starts 
with effort. It starts with time. It starts with selfless hours given away to try to make things happen. You may have to travel to the towns, the cities, and hand flyers out at their shows. You might have to go to the mall, go to some rock show or whatever's coming through town or the closest town to your town, and flyer. You might have to go ahead and spend your money and not get it back time and time and time again. Because it's not the money you want back, it's what you're trying to build. So it's not loss, it's investment. It's not... You know, I'm putting all my fucking time into it. No one respects me. No one knows what I've been through. It's like, that's like this thing I see too often these days on the internet. Someone puts their toe in the water and they're pissed off it's not perfect. You gotta work for it. You gotta consistently maintain it. Right now, between my hand and my fucking stupid computer, I am so far back behind in these stupid fucking flyers and stuff. Uh, it, It aggravates me greatly. But... I don't complain, just alright, we'll get it together, push forward, push it fucking hard, make it fucking happen. If you're interested, in any in any case, if you're interested in just doing it, you're going to put the extra effort in. But all this is effort. I imagine if you're writing me, then you know some other people in the area. Um, I would go far as to say that there's local people... That have been doing shows. Maybe reach out to them first. See what they think. Make sure they come to the shows. Just You want to be able to be good neighbors. As well. God forbid you guys book a show. And it's down in the, in the same weekend. There's a big show in Des Moines. And everyone just goes to Des Moines. And you're like fuck these people. Because blah blah blah. Right? You got to be good neighbors. You got to be able to. Uh, essentially you got to be able to recruit or at least promote so you don't want your shit on the same day they're doing their shit and it's going to take a little bit of networking a little bit of hey how do i do this or and that's just it's not a bad thing but you're gonna have to work for it right you're gonna have to work for it Um, for us it was a little bit harder in some regards because we weren't we weren't even the age to drive some of us and the, the gear and the bands were a problem at first, but that got shifted. And because we lived in Philadelphia, there was Hall Hall. Then we went downtown and we played at some club. And a couple Hall shows would happen in the neighborhoods or maybe in another neighborhood. Then we started meeting people because we had the mass transit system called SEPTA. And that was like the converging point for all of the kids from our area to go to the shows. And then once we were in high school, we're meeting more people. Or maybe we're meeting people that our friends know. And our friends don't go to the public school. They also go to the Catholic school. And then we know people from the Catholic school. But I mean, we're talking Philadelphia versus Iowa here. But the main thing I'm trying to get to you is not anything that we ever did. Started with everybody coming out of the box Knowing all the words to the abused records and owning $300 Marauder shirts and all this other nonsense. Uh, Most of us did not listen to pure, unadulterated hardcore for the first couple years. We didn't know the row. I mean, a couple people were hip to it and we'd get us hip to it. And, you know, we had to backtrack and meet other people and learn that the shit that we thought was hardcore wasn't really hardcore. or Maybe not as hardcore as what their shit is into. But if you put your ass into it, you can make something happen. Anywhere can. The connections are there. The, 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 the system is built. 
and it's easy to replicate. In any situation, unless you're in some fucking island where you have biplanes and marauding sharks and shit that's hard and logistics that make it implausible for a band to make the flight, you know, but like within reason in America, at least the continental America, this should be pretty fucking solid to, to anybody, Iowa or not, to build something. And and also, yeah, it'd be great if there's this place out in the middle of the center Midwest, you know, that part where like you don't even know if there's a real interstate going to it. Maybe they don't need to hear um, the most pure, you know, unadulterated hardcore. Maybe what they start playing is what they like. And over time, they kind of meld it. There's a lot of bands in that proto-punk stage into the early hardcore stages that you wouldn't really call them whatever they would eventually be called, but they got lumped in because of the shows that they end up playing, because of the availability of bands, or the fact that when that band came through, that's the band most associated with that music, so they kind of got lumped in there. And, I mean, that that's that's going on for years. It's going on for years, up until now still. There's still bands that... Don't quite fit molds, but they make sense and their friends will come and their friends are hip to what the other bands are about and, and it's an even match. But everything we're talking about is work and everything we're taking is like not internet fucking glory. You're not going to get likes and, you know, don't start a fucking Patreon and all this other goofy shit. Focus on thinking about what you want to see come out of your efforts and, and put it there. Uh, in that newest book, how much art can you take? There's a really awesome full breakdown of how Al Burrell and the Boston crew built the Boston, the first Boston hardcore scene. The, from from the aesthetics to to the style of dance to focus on straight edge. Like, you know, they are, you know, like he's an engineer and fucking shit. So this motherfucker, like a machinist precision, went ahead. And built this shit in the form that he wanted. And I think in this fertile ground scenario we're talking about in Midwest town. We're talking to Iowa, but just in general. The good thing about having an unestablished scene or not a big one or just a couple bands is. You guys and gals and everyone else in between can go ahead and make your thing happen the way you want you're not walking into a situation that's established and trying to carve out your own niche. You're already able in fertile ground to build something that you want to build. You know? Make the kind of music that you want to make. Um, it's really kind of a blessing and a curse, I suppose, because you don't have the foundation and the generational like contacts and people that are used to coming through that town that's maybe not... What you have, but you do have a fresh start. Maybe down another hour and a half, these people do these kind of shows, and everybody in your town's like, I don't like them that way. Well, then when you guys are doing your shows, you don't have to fucking do it. It's a beautiful thing about that kind of stuff. The aesthetic value plays deeper into it, but to get that whole thing rolling, people have to know what's going on. So Flyers got to be cool. The bands actually don't even have to be that cool if the kids are young. You know, no no diss to anybody, but a lot of these old videos, you, you know, late 70s, early 80s, everybody was young. A couple older people, but everyone was fucking young, and this shit was crazy. 
And I think that as, a, as long as a band, when they're up there doing their thing, can just entice young folks to lose their shit, you're going to be fucking set. It doesn't have to sound like the most modern hardcore thing or the most cool old school thing. It could just be a thing that you guys are about. And that's like what your town is. There's tons and tons of people that have done this all over the world, all over the country, especially the Midwest that kind of were not really part of the touring routes that were established. So these bands that would play are associated or in the, in the hardcore vein and their bands that sound so different, so out there. And it just shows that not everybody's going to be a carbon copy of something else and not everybody wants to be the carbon copy. So you have a little blessing there. I would just say that first things first, find a, find a spot. Second thing is, is not just your band. You want to get, if if this fucking kid's band is fucking covering this Nirvana or whatever is cool, but they're not a hardcore thing, but they're going to be 25 more people, you put them on the fucking show. And you got to police your shit. And you got to make sure the the vibes are right, as they would say. You got to be able to stand up for yourself not only in dealing with the clubs and the bands, but also you have to stand up for your aesthetic and the principles about your stuff. You know, like we've gone to venues where, you know, there's smoking inside and then there's other people that know, you know, like there's all these little tangible things that can happen that when you're just trying to do a show and build something up, you, you may not be consciously upfront thinking about, but you got to think about like all of the things that could happen may happen. What are the things that you don't want to happen? What are the things you do want to happen? If you have some kid trying to climb on top of the PA or, you know, fucking up the bathrooms, which is very much always a possibility at halls or house shows, you got to be mindful of this shit. You can't just go ahead and fucking put the shit on fucking autopilot the minute the first band shows up. It's, it's a lot of work, but you can do it. I think anyone can do it. And I'm here, I can give you contacts, I can link you up with people, I'm sure through this podcast, people may even hear about this, and and reach out to you. But uh, really for me, specifically, I think the way to do it is to start fresh. More important to find the people that you're looking to or you think that will be interested and, and give them space, give them room to grow. You know, don't don't try to indoctrinate them. Don't try to dress them up or show them what's cool. Give them them space. Give them, you know, give them some pointers, but let them let them germinate and come up with their own ideas here. I think you're gonna have a way better situation. And um yeah, I mean for right now that's all. Maybe once once you get the ball rolling, you come back, ask me a question, we'll put it back on the podcast. This is a simple, easy one tonight. Uh, I appreciate everybody in my life. I appreciate working with the likes of Zach Perone and um, Clemo and Ferrero. Our boy Jay Bush is now back on the team. It's crazy to be back with old friends at, at, in the hardcore and the, and the Philly world, but also in the concrete world. I appreciate Bob Wilson and Clemo. And Stucky and all the people who do these random shows or bring these bands in. I don't even know if Clemo knows how to do a show. But I know he's friends with people and people ask him about shows. And um, 
Hardcore's in a great place in Philadelphia because people gave a fuck enough. Never let the torch go out. Never let that light. Light might have had a flickering moment. Venues might have died. Entire groups of people might have moved on. But the, the, the heart of the scene, the momentum of the scene, never never wavered. Never never diminished entirely. Was never extinguished. And I think that that's important. And something that people need to understand when they think about this shit. So, talk to you next time. Uh, we are now live with tickets for Keystone Jam 2023. We got a lot of shit coming up. Fall, winter. I mean, we're booking shows in fucking May. It's it's ridiculous how many shows. FYA is completely sold out. A lot of shit going on. And uh, I'll be back next week with some cool-ass interviews. And, um, yeah, thank you for talking to me or listening. I talk to you. Listen. Goodbye.